And I imagine if we had gotten more moms and children, it would have been exactly the same because we think we're not noticed, but we are. We think they don't recognize the sacrifices, but they do. So I appreciate, I presented that idea to Rebecca a long time ago. I was like, can we do something like this? I had seen a video similar. And she was like, yeah, we can do it. So thank you. As hard as it is, it's still encouraging to know that kids notice, even though we don't always know that they notice. Um, so just to, to go from that, um, today is Mother's Day, which is the start of our baby bottle blessings that we do every year. So I just wanted to kind of put a plug in for that. Um, if you want to take one of these bottles, it goes to um, Two Hearts Pregnancy Care Center. We do it every year. And it can be as simple as you want to write a check and stick it in there and return it. That's great. You might want to fill it up with change between now and Father's Day. That's great. Um, you know, if you can only put a couple bucks in it, they'll take what they can get because they do great things for people. And I just, we just like to be a little piece of that. So they're out there. You can grab one after service. To start off, so I'm going to, it worked. Me and technology. Great thing. Um, so today, I also um, want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day to all the women who you're someone's daughter, whether you're a mother by birth, adoption, or fostering, or step parenting, wish you a happy Mother's Day. And to all ladies who maybe today's hard because you've lost a child, or if you've lost a mother, or you're struggling with your own infertility, I just want to Wish you a happy Mother's Day and hope that you know that you're loved and you're appreciated and you're valued. And that kind of leads into um, the direction I'm going today. So to start off, um, as he mentioned, um, Pastor J.W.'s wife, we have been married for almost 25 years. I know, hard to believe. Um, we have a 10-year-old daughter. We have two dogs and apparently a cat who's decided it belongs to us. Jadabi just told me the other day, he said, I think you like her. I'm like, I didn't say I didn't like her. I just didn't need something else to take care of. But she's kind of sweet. Well, we think it's a she. We haven't taken her to the vet yet. Um, we're calling her a she. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I am a northerner. I am proud of it. It might explain a few things, but I am a northerner by birth. I'm not, I've actually lived out of the north longer than I lived in the north, but I still claim it. Um... I grew up in a pastor's home. I am a college graduate. I work a full-time job outside of our home. I am an introvert by nature. This is hard. Um, but I've learned to be an extrovert when needed. So I guess if you are a psychology person, I'm one of those extroverted introverts. If you want to Google and find out what that means, it means a lot of crazy stuff goes in. So I go on inside this head. Um, here at Gateway, I am working on growing a stronger women's ministry. I still volunteer in kids' church one Wednesday night a month because while I have no desire to be in there every week like our wonderful children's leaders, I do enjoy being in there some, so they let me stick around once a month. Um, and I'm also a greeter, which put a plug in for greeters. It's a great opportunity to get to know people, so if you want to be a greeter, find Brandon. So I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, I'm a friend, and so you might say, okay, great whatever, you know, get a little bit of overview of who you are. But I share that with you for a purpose. Today I want to talk about our true identity, who we really are. I wasn't ready for that. 
Um, so I looked up the word identity in the dictionary just because I kind of wanted to see what the dictionary said about it. And it says, the distinguishing character or personality of an individual, sameness of essential or generic character in different instances, I don't know, um, sameness that can, constitutes the objective reality of a thing. So a bunch of, okay. So basically your identity is your character, your personality. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to look at two passages of Scripture. One is in Luke chapter 10, and one is in John chapter 11. And both of these passages talk about the same people. They talk about two sisters and a brother, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Jesus was very close to this family. He considered them friends. He spent time with them. He loved them. And oftentimes when he went through Bethany, which is where they lived, he would kind of you know, go to their house, spend some time with them. They were very close. So Mary was a woman of passion. She was motivated to act and serve out of deep devotion for Jesus. She was the more reflective one. Um, she liked to spend time learning at the feet of Jesus. But Martha, Martha also loved to learn, but she was a woman of responsibility. She was a doer. She loved to show her love through regular acts of service. So while Mary showed her love through extravagant, sacrificial devotion, sitting at the feet of Jesus, those types of things, Martha showed her love for Jesus through routine things, cooking, serving meals, doing things to meet the practical needs. But Martha was still deeply spiritual. She understood the promise of the resurrection, and she recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, unlike many of the religious leaders of that day didn't even recognize him as the Messiah. She did know that he was the Messiah. So John chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 and verse 5. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So in this passage, we learn, as, as you continue reading, that Jesus chooses to stay where he is a little bit longer. Then he goes to Bethany, and by the time he gets there, Lazarus is dead. He's been in the tomb. And when Mary hears that he's coming, she runs, or Martha, I'm sorry, Martha hears that he's coming, she runs out to meet him. And she says in verses 20 and 21, now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to the Lord, to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then in verse 35, one that if you've been in church any amount of time, you've probably heard, we all recited as kids, Jesus wept. And I share that part of it to let you know that he experienced their pain. He understood what they were going through. He understood this was his friend too. And he was touched by their pain and their sorrow that they were experiencing. So then we learned through this, the rest of this passage that he goes to the tomb tells him to remove the stone. In verse 39, Martha says, Lord, by this time there's a stench. He's been dead for four days. He graciously responds to her honest concerns, and he goes on and raises Lazarus from the dead. So I set all that up to show you that Martha knew who Jesus was. He knew what he was capable. She knew what he was capable of. 
She had enough of a connection with him to take her complaints to him, to be honest with him. I mean, she was pretty blunt with him. Some of the things she said, you know, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. What, what were you thinking? Why'd you stay? Um, and I love Martha, Martha's honesty and no openness with Jesus. So now we're going to look at another passage of Scripture with the same family. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, in this passage, Jesus is at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Mary was serving. I mean, Martha was serving. Lazarus was reclining at the table, and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Again, she's very honest with him. So here's Martha, who's not afraid. Here's Martha, who's not afraid to speak her mind. So in my mind, I kind of hear this as, I'm over here in the kitchen. I'm doing all this stuff, and my sister's over here doing nothing. And my brother, I mean, he's sitting over there in a recliner. Can you not, like, get them to do something? Like, what's, they should be over here helping. We're trying to make this good. We're trying to make this nice meal. I hear her saying, don't you see all that I'm doing? All the things that I'm doing? So she has a special relationship with Jesus, and she's encountered Jesus' love, and she understands he's the Messiah. She's invited him into her home. She wants to prepare a nice meal for him. She definitely has a servant's heart. I would say if she took one of those spiritual spiritual gift tests and growth track, she would get servant as one of her spiritual gifts, which is great. But she finds herself frustrated doing all the things that she's gifted at doing for the people she loves. Why? In Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42, it says, But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. And in the NIV version, it says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So we see that she has enough of a connection to be honest with him, but she's missing something. And I kind of hear this as, In my mind, I kind of see this as Jesus, you know, kind of putting his arm around her and said, oh, my dear Martha, you're missing something. You just, you you know, there's, you're missing the point here. Because of her relationship with Jesus, she wasn't afraid to go to him and she wasn't afraid to approach him with her frustrations because she, you know, again, was the one who was ran out to meet him to say, if my brother, if you had been here. So in my mind, as I've read this story many, many times, you know, I would hear about Martha and all these things that she's doing, and she's, you know, hurriedly trying to get a meal prepared and trying to do all these great things, and I can kind of relate to her. I'm a very, um, I don't sit still well. I guess that's the nicest way to put it. Um, I find myself trying to 
always, there's always something to do. There's always something I need to be doing. I need to get up and do it. Always trying to make sure things are good. I've finally gotten over, like if, if JW says somebody's coming over, feeling like I have to straighten the entire house before they can walk through the door, um, it still bothers me. There's a few people that can come over, and I'm like, just move it out of the way, and you can sit down. But there's, it still bothers me a little bit, but it's that, you know, being that doer and just wanting everything perfect, kind of like I feel like Martha probably was, wanted everything perfect. You know, this is Jesus. He's coming to visit. I want everything perfect. And so it's hard sometimes to say, but you're doing all, th- all those things out of a servant's heart, and you're doing all those things out of, you know, trying to do what's best. But yet Martha, Jesus told Mar- Martha that she was missing something. So, oh, you know, What are we talking about here? And we look at the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. And when you read that passage of scripture, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plans a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She makes makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. And she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. So when I read that scripture, I'm like, well, that's, you know, she's busy. That's what you're supposed to be, right? You're supposed to be busy. So wasn't Martha right? Wasn't she wrong for being upset with Mary? Shouldn't Mary have been doing something too? Well, in this case, no. So you've probably heard that your identity is not in your past or in your mistakes or in your shortcomings, which is true. But your identity is also not in the good things that you do the things you achieve, or the things that you accomplish. Your identity is in God's great love. That's who you are. So many of us, not just women, but I think women are, tend to be guilty of it, um, tend to find our identity based on certain roles, certain tasks that we can do. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm an employee. We find that that's our identity. We try to place it. And those things identify us. I'm a mom. I'm an employee at such and such a place. You know, those identify us, but those aren't our identity. That's not who we are. We evaluate our worth as a woman against how well we perform those tasks. So we compare ourselves to others, judging our performance against theirs. So we will, well, relative to others, if I feel like I'm having a good day or I'm, I'm, I'm good today, but if we aren't, if we compare ourselves to others and I didn't, they, they did it better than me, then we feel like we're a failure. But Jesus was clear over 2,000 years ago that the true measure of a man or a woman is not a matter of performing certain tasks or racking up a list of impressive accomplishments. And that's why, you know, at the beginning I said all those things about me. Those identify me. I can tell you where I was born and raised and I graduated from college and all the things. Those identify me. But those lists of accomplishments do not measure who I am. Because if that was the case, the Pharisees would have had it all figured out. 
Back in the Bible times when they, had all, they followed all the rules, they did everything, they would have had it all figured out. But that's not what identifies you. Our value and our identity are not based on what we have done or what we will do, but on who Christ Jesus is. So our identity in Christ is a gift of God's grace, not a standing that we earn. So this is where Martha missed it. Though she had been touched by the love of Jesus, and she she still had moments of believing the lie that her significance was in doing all the things, cooking the meals and keeping the house clean and all those things. But Jesus wanted Martha to understand that while the desire to serve was very valuable and important, that knowing God and being in his presence needed to take priority in her life. So Mary understood that sitting at the feet of Jesus and being in his presence and listening to him was more important than making sure that the meal was perfect and the house was clean. That's what was the true identity that she needed to find, her place in Jesus. So the story of Martha, an example, should encourage us and inspire us to keep serving, but remind us that all God-honoring service must flow from a heart that is fully engaged with the Savior. Serving and doing everything that Martha was doing was great, and it's important and it's needed, but it has to flow out of that place of that relationship with Jesus, or it becomes a place of frustration. Our value, our worth, our identity are not up for grabs every day based on how we behave or how we perform. And I think that's something that we need to grab a hold on, hold of. You know, sometimes it's like, well, I'm, I'm worthless. I'm nothing because I messed up. I said something I shouldn't have said to my boss. I, I'm, I'm not worth anything now. You just might as well just, you know, stick me out and fire me and I'm done. But your value and your identity are not up for grabs based on how you perform. It's based on who you are with Jesus and who Jesus is in your life. You may have bad days, moms. We have those days that, you know, we scream at the kids or we get to work and we were supposed to get something done and we didn't get it done and we missed the deadline. And, you know, and sometimes that tends to make us question, you know, am am I really of any value to anybody? Am I really worth anything? We need to understand that that doesn't change who we are in Christ. Whether we want to accept it or not, our kids, or our job, are not who we are. They are the blessings that God has given us, but they are not our identity. Our value, our worth, and our identity are locked securely in the heart of the God who loves us and gave his life for us. We are children of God. Like the song, it was kind of, um, I didn't tell Rebecca what I was talking about, but kind of neat to, you know, sing a song about I am a child of God. We need to get that in our spirits. We need to understand that we are his children, and that's who we are. That is our identity, not all these other lists of things. And accomplishments are great, and goals are great, and keep serving, and keep doing the things you're doing, but that's not your identity. Those just identify you. You are a child of God. Women, we are daughters of the king, the same king who made the stars, made the skies. We are his children. And he wants to speak into our hearts. 
He loves, that, he loves us and wants to have a deep relationship with us. And that's where we'll find our true identity. Outside of God, we can do nothing. You can be an okay mom, but with Christ at the center, you can be a great mom. You can be an okay wife, but with Christ at the center, you can be a great wife. You can be a pretty good employee. You show up for work on time. You do what you're supposed to do. But with Christ at the center, you can be a great employee. You can be that shining light that everyone needs to see. From my own personal experience, um, I find that days that I spend time at Jesus' feet, I spend time with Jesus, my days go a whole lot better. And I don't think it's because the people around me have changed. I think it's because I have changed or I'm changing and I can handle things better. I'm sure we've all had days that it's just like everything went wrong. I think that if we would take time to just spend with Jesus and really get to know him, sit down at his feet, let him speak into our lives who we are and that we are his child, then it puts a whole new perspective on things. Sometimes we make it too difficult. I think we, well, if I can't spend an hour praying, if I can't read three chapters, if I can't sit down and spend three hours, you know, doing a Bible study, then it's not worth it. Let's not make it so difficult. He just wants to commune with us. You know, worship him while you're getting ready for work. Worship, you know, listen to some music and just worship him as you're driving somewhere, taking the kids to school or to ball practice. If you have a lunch break at work, take it and read a few scriptures. Just commune with him. Just spend time with him so that he can pour into you and give you that identity that, is, that you're his child. Find ways to quiet your mind. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is to find ways to just quiet your mind and listen and let him speak to you. Let him drop those little nuggets of encouragement and love and, you know, be willing to hear his voice and let him speak into your life because that's when you will find your identity and that's when you will begin to understand that you are his by his amazing grace and that's enough. Everything else is just a bonus. It will give you a different outlook on the laundry and the dishes and the carpooling and the laundry, and the meals, and the laundry, because it never gets done, no matter how hard you try. I'm convinced that as soon as I empty the hamper, it grows, and it fills back up, and nobody put anything in it. It just kind of grows, but it'll give you a different perspective on those things, because you'll understand that those things don't define you. Those are the blessings that God's given you to have the opportunity to do those things, but, but your identity is in Him, and it will take you out of that endless pointless cycle of comparison. I think us ladies are the worst for that, comparing ourselves and she's a better mom, she's a better cook. It'll take us out of that cycle because we understand that's not who we are. I'm not a good cook. I'm okay with that. That's not who I am. I am a child of God. That is my identity. And it will take us to a place of understanding that he determines our worth. Our worth is not determined by the people around us. Our worth is not determined. I mean, I hope you have great friends that love you unconditionally. We all need those people, but they don't determine your worth. God determines your worth. Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead 
and going to prepare a place for us is not based on how well you could accomplish your to-do list. He doesn't say, well, you can get in heaven if you get that to-do list done. It's not based on that. It's based on his love for you and the grace that he extends to you. And don't we all need a little bit of grace, a lot of grace, to cover our shortcomings and to cover those times that we don't really respond the way we're supposed to? The virtuous woman, if you go back to that, was not blessed because of what she does, because of what she did. She was blessed because she understood her identity in the Lord. If you go back and read some more of that passage, it says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. So the fear of the Lord is the foundation of this virtuous woman. She was clothed in strength and dignity from her foundation in him. Her heart is set deep into faithfulness, trusting him with the tasks in front of her day and night. The success of this woman flows out of being one who fears the Lord, not out of those lists of tasks. Those tasks flow out of the fear she has for the Lord. So our identity is in the Lord. And this isn't a one-time thing. Okay, yeah, I get it. I got it. I'm, you know. But it's a daily thing. We have to remind ourselves that we are his, and he wants to spend time with us. He wants us to take a break from our daily tasks and just sit at his feet. As we grow in the fear of the Lord, his awesome presence that's working on our behalf, we become more like him. So what are some of the many things that you're caught up worrying about? In a normal week, what are some of the things you tend to get upset about the most? Martha is like some of us, and she kept, and, she, and we keep giving and giving and giving and giving until we're running on fumes. And we're not spending time with the Lord, and we're not letting him speak into us and encourage us and build us up and find that our identity is in him, that he is our source. He is our source of life. He is our source of strength. He is our source of peace. He is our source of love. He is our source. It's like trying to turn on a light switch when you know the power's out. How many of you have done that? Your power goes out and you flip a switch. Oh, yeah, the power's out. It doesn't work. That's like trying to serve and do all these great things, but you're not connected to the power source. You're not connected to the one who defines you and can give you a true sense of identity and can make your life run a whole lot smoother if you really sit down with him and just commune with him and, and let him speak into your heart and give you the peace that you need and the joy that you need. So Martha was honest with Jesus, and, let, and he let her know where she was going wrong. And sometimes it's just, you know, we got to be honest and say, hmm, yeah, 
I'm not, I'm not really doing it the way it should be. I kind of got things out of order, kind of got my priorities out of order. You know, sometimes we get so involved with the children and, you know, trying to do the things that are good, that we need to do, that we lose sight of the priorities. We lose sight of where, it, where that all came from. Who allowed us to have that? Who gave us those children? Who gave us that nice house that we can clean? Who gave us that job? Who gave us the opportunity to go on trips? Or, you know, that all comes from him, and he is our source. And we need to commune with him and spend time with him. She needed to get things in perspective and understand that her identity, her worth, and her value was not in all she could do or how quickly she could accomplish her to-do list but it was in him. Your value and your worth are in your relationship with Christ. You are his. Ladies, you are his daughter, and he wants a relationship with you. And as a child of God, you are covered by his grace. So those shortcomings and those times that we try to, I missed the mark. I didn't quite get it this time. You're covered by his grace and his love. So, as I close, um, I want you to think about a few things, and then we're going to pray. I want you to think if you can identify with any of these things. So, first, I would like to offer that you can't even know your identity if you have not made that connection with Jesus, if you had not stepped out and accepted him as your savior and allowed him to truly change you from the get-go to get things changed in your life and back in order, you can't have a connection with him and you can't know your true identity. But if you've done that and you've accepted the gift of salvation, then maybe it's time that we pray that we make more time to sit at the feet of Jesus and we make more time to learn from him And this is all done through prayer and through his word, just sitting and listening and giving him the opportunity to speak into our hearts. And maybe it's time to reaffirm that commitment. Or maybe you need to bring your many things to God. Maybe you have these many things that you just, that's all you think about and that's all you worry about. And it's time to get those back in order. And it's time to give those to him and let him know that you're gonna lay them at his feet. You're gonna trust him to walk you through those many things. You're going to trust him to help you keep those many things in order the way they need to be and sometimes letting go of some of them because some of them really aren't that important. Sometimes we put things up on a pedestal that don't need to be. Maybe it's time to confess that you've been too busy and you've gotten distracted and you've not made that connection with him that you need to make and you've not spent that time with him that you need to spend. That your identity is all out of whack because you haven't let it rest in him. You haven't given it completely to him and let him define you and let him speak into you and let you know that you're his child and that's all that matters. Everything else is a bonus. Everything else is is blessings because you're his child. We need to ask Jesus to give us such a deep awareness of his love that we're secure in who we are. I don't think we ever, at least me, can fully grasp his love. You know, sometimes I think we try. If you had a good earthly father, you have a good example that can help you understand his love. But even that is human love. I think if we would just grasp how deeply he loves us, 
how much he wants to have a relationship. The God of the universe that made everything wants to talk to you and wants you to talk to him, wants to define you, wants you to understand that he loves you so much and he just wants to spend time with you. He wants you to sit at his feet and just spend time with him, reading his word and praying and listening and being open to the things that he might want to drop in your spirit. I want to ask if you will stand. And we're going to pray. And if any of these things connect with you or you feel like, yeah, that's me, or you just want to kind of reaffirm that, you know, Lord, I I need to reconnect with you. I haven't quite connected like I should. I haven't quite done what I need to do, and I've gotten things kind of out of order. If you would like to come and pray, please do. Someone will come with you. I would say that most of the people in this room could say yes to one of these things, whether you've just gotten things a little out of whack or you just want to get a little bit deeper. You just want to go a little bit deeper into his love. All of us can connect somewhere with this. If you haven't made that commitment, I ask that today's the day. What better day to come and say, Lord, I'm yours. I give it to you and I want to serve you. So I'm going to pray. And if you want to come down and pray, someone will come with you. I promise that's who we are here. You won't come alone. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. We thank you for this day, this day to honor women, mothers, women. Father, I pray that you will help us to just find times to connect with you, find an understanding of who we truly are. Father, we are a child of God. You love us so deeply that it's hard to even grasp. But Father, I pray that you will just help us to understand that if we're truly going to know who we are, if we're truly going to understand your love, we have to spend time with you. We have to sit at your feet. We have to understand that all the things that we try to do and accomplish don't define us. Those are just blessings that you allow us to have. And I pray that you will just bring us to a place of understanding who you are so that we can understand who we are. Father, I thank you for the great opportunity that you give us to serve you. I thank you for all the wonderful blessings. I thank you for this church, this family, the love that we feel here that is just an expression of your love. I thank you so much for who you are because it helps us understand who we are. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. What a powerful reminder. And even though it's a, it's a Mother's Day message, we all can be guilty of being too busy. Life just, life doesn't stop. No matter what, life, as long as you're breathing, life keeps going. And at some point, as she said, we just have to make the decision that life may not be stopping, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to take time. And we want to thank you for being here this morning. I pray that uh, that you leave here knowing who you are in Christ, uh, no matter what the world wants to define you as, 
know uh, that the world doesn't define you. Uh, your identity is found in Christ and in Christ alone. Um, we want to, um, a couple of things that I forgot because I was so excited to hear my wife speak. Um, uh, it's graduation season. And um, if you have, uh, uh, if you're graduating or you have a child that's graduating, um, there are uh, forms out at the back uh, in, the, in the lobby there. Uh, grab one of those and, and fill it out. Um, the last thing we want to do is miss um, somebody who's, who's uh, graduating. And uh, we're going to have a special service uh, to recognize them uh, on um, May the 26th. And so that's in two weeks. And, uh, but grab one of those forms, fill it out, uh, let us know of, of the great accomplishments. Also, if uh, you did not get your picture taken uh, before service uh, down in, in the cafe, uh, we have a professional photographer. Make sure that she knows that I said that. Um, and uh, she has donated uh, her time and, and her editing skills, and, and she's going to take pictures for you and, and provide you with, with a digital copy or, or uh, a photograph, and we would love uh, for you to have that as our gift uh, to you. Thank you for being here. Uh, don't forget the baby bottles that aren't there. Um, they're out there. Fill them up. Let's make this the, we've done this every year uh, since they've been doing it, um, but let's make this uh, the best year ever uh, for our uh, helping out two hearts. We love you. Have a great Sunday.